Magical Mist Entertainment Production, hosted by Miss Nikki Kirby, co-hosted by Saul Ravencraft, sponsored by Ever Moving We Rise, and Moonlight Potions and Charms. Executive Producer, Nikki Kirby. And welcome to another episode of Witch Hat Chats. Come on in and sit for a spell. I am your amazing goddess host, Miss Nikki, and we are sponsored by Ever Moving We Rise and Moonlight Posters and Charms. And around the corner here is our co-host, Saul Ravencraft. How are you doing, Saul? I am wonderful, Nikki. So nice to see you today. You were looking good. Thank you. Being so miraculously joyful and blessed. <laughs> yes. Yes. So this is this is funny. This this gets to to intentions and where things don't necessarily mean what they think it means. Uh, I was uh, finished with a Santa gig uh, in Austin. And I had to go do something else. I was actually going to Curiarcanum's House of Curiosities. And it was a little warm. And I didn't really want to wear the Santa suit for another few hours. And I had forgotten to bring anything along. So I stopped at the Walmart and did some looking around to see if I could find some sort of seasonal t-shirt. And I'd wear the bottom half of the Santa costume with the t-shirt, the and that would, that would take care of my needs. And I saw this. Now, I think that the artist, the creator of this, intended it to be the sort of thing where you go, I am happy, I am joyful, I am blessed, right? <laughs> La-di-da. Um, but I thought about all of the different ways that people exchange greetings during this time of year, Merry Christmas, uh, you know, Blessed Yule, all of that kind of thing. And I'm very big on the idea that you let go of whatever the second word is, and you hang on to the first thing they're giving you, which is they're wishing you merriment, and they're wishing you joy, and, and blessings, and all of that kind of thing. And it, it doesn't matter how they're defining it. It's 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 what you're you're taking from it, and so uh, while I think that there are a lot of people that would look at this and go, oh yes, yes, I'm I'm happy, joyful, and blessed as well, um, uh, that that to me this is a reminder of of that whole sentiment of just taking it, and and they don't know the other words that I'm adding in here that I see Yule and Christmas and, and several other things sort of blended in with these words. Um, yeah. So it's uh, it's kind of its own magic. <laughs> I like it. That's the reason why I just say happy holidays, because there's like 17 or more different holidays that are celebrated in December alone. Sure. 
And I'll, I'll do that well, as well. But but you know, some people actively try to be offended if someone wishes them a Merry Christmas. Right. Don't you wish me a Merry Christmas? You don't. You don't know. It's like what the hell. I mean, they just they just wished you merriment. Take the merriment. Take the cannoli. <laughs> right. Just when someone when someone offers you joy, accept it. All right. So, so what else are you going to be doing for us? Well, uh, trying to uh, to be joyful and merry and blessed while uh, I am at Curie Arcanum's House of Curiosities. Uh, on uh, every Thursday and Sunday that I can make it. Of course, we're running out of time for all of that. Uh, we're starting to get in a point where the holiday season's going to interfere. Uh, but I'll be there uh, every day that I can there uh, and doing consultations, readings, uh, just just generally hanging out. So come on by. And of course, a reminder, if you are interested in connecting with me, uh, and especially if you don't live in the area, I have a wonderful setup, the same setup I use to record Witch Hat Chats, where we can do virtual consultations and virtual readings. And for now, till the end of the year, uh, they're, they're only 20 bucks. And uh, that's, uh, that's actually a, a good deal. Normally that stuff runs uh, $50. And uh, I just, I want everybody to have a chance to get themselves reset, to take advantage of this winter time to get yourself set up for the next turn of the wheel. Uh, so uh, look forward. Uh, all you got to do is go to TexasMojoMan.com, hit that contact spot, and let me know that you want to connect, and we'll, we'll make the time. Uh, so that's, uh, that's pretty much everything going on. Of course, if somebody wants a, a Santa appearance, uh, I'm happy to make that happen. Even if you want to do a virtual Santa appearance, we can do that the same way. Uh, but it all starts with you reaching out. Uh, yes, I'm psychic, but no, I'm not going to bother you. You gotta, you gotta reach out to me. That's the way it works. <laughs> So what's um, what's up with you and all of yours, Nikki? Well, um, every movie we rise, we are going to be taking a break. We wish everybody happy holidays and hope that you have a very good one. Um, we're going to come back for in bulk, where we're going to celebrate the three phases of um, Bridget. So we'll be coming back then uh, for Moonlight Potions and Charms. We're still um, open and we're still celebrating all of our five stars. And we have our new, not only do we have our new products, but we still have our um, Oracle card readings. One Oracle card reading for $10. And you can get a lot out of one Oracle card reading. So make sure that you sign up for those um, find out what's going to happen uh, for the upcoming year or what you have to kind of get closed before the upcoming year it's really really fascinating what you can find out in one oracle club trust me it's a lot 
and we also have like our like i said our new items that we've got coming out plus our old items that we still have around like our candles we have you know our papa leg bug candles that we have wonderful smelling candles absolutely great that's one of our actual favorite candles that we have we also have our mama bridget candles along with our bridget candles as well and don't forget about our altars our traveling altars for those that travel and also for those that have small limited spaces as well great for them it's also um very good for we also have our spell kits and so much more so make sure you come and find us at moonlight potions and charms that's www.moonlightpotionscharms.com and see what other goodies that we may have and you can find with chat chats because we are everywhere we're on twitter instagram facebook amazon music apple Podcasts. so subscribe Follow us, like our pages, download our episodes, and take us with you on the go. Go to our link tree to find out where we are. And the most exciting thing that's happened is Manifestalia. It's on January 21st and 22nd, and our tickets are on sale now. Yes, they are. Yes. We have these amazing, amazing presenters that's going to do our witch shops because this year you're actually going to be doing something as well as being able to listen to these wonderful presenters. We got Opal Luna, we got Star Castus, we got Sin Elise, as well as Star Ravenhawk, Byron Ballard, and Emma Catherine. So we have all of those. And tell us, um, Saul, who are our amazing sponsors? So uh, first I want to say how you become a sponsor and how you buy a ticket. It's really easy. The all-access weekend pass is only $64. You can find that at witchhatchats.com. Up in the top, you'll see uh, Manifestasia 2023 takes you to a page where you can buy a ticket but also you can become a sponsor of Manifestasia 2023 there's another little button to go to that page sponsorship is only a hundred dollars it includes your full access pass for the weekend uh, so it's it's actually a hell of a deal and for that one you show extra support for our event you get a shout out here you get your commercial included in our episodes which are going to be viewed uh, in the future as well uh, so months down the road after Manifestasia someone may come back catch one of these older episodes and still see you there um, so I do encourage you go and check it out uh, here are those that have of course we have ever Moving We Rise, Moonlight Potions and Charms, uh, Soul Ravencraft Executive Occultist. Those are all sponsors. In addition, we have Douglas Floyd, Victoria Monday, and Kitchen Witch Gourmet. And I want to add your name to that list. So uh, reach out for that, and uh, let's, uh, let's spend more time talking about more sponsors on our next episode. How does that sound to you, Nikki? 
That sounds wonderful to me. All right. So, want to know what our divination is? Oh, absolutely. All right. So, our tea divination is for today states that personal growth lies within the unknown. Courage permits you to explore this space. Ooh. So, my co-host guru has got some explaining to do on this. <laughs> well, I don't know about explaining. It's, it's that, that word again, courage. Gosh, isn't it crazy in order to, uh, in order to do things that that take you out of your normal uh do things that that transform you uh you got to you got to get over yourself <laughs> you got to you got to have some boldness there uh and that's that's not easy to do necessarily uh that that can be a scary thing uh to do and yet there there is no other way we have to we have to be able to do something differently to see ourselves something differently not necessarily all the way but we got to be able to take those first few steps those first what if steps and uh, that's hard to do it is hard to do i think even experienced practitioners like you and me hit that boundary uh, where we have to do more. We have to be extra. And, uh, man, it's it's hard. It's At least it's hard for me. You may not experience that. <laughs> oh, please, Saul. I swear. <laughs> you may have it all down by now. <laughs> you know, the, the thing about the unknown is that the unknown is is something that many people are, are afraid of because it is unknown and that's where you are battling with the conditioned self because the conditioned self does not want you to change and wants you to stay safe it wants you to stay within your bounds it doesn't want you to go beyond that because when you go into the unknown you start using your authentic self. That's where you become aligned with spirit. That's where you start to learn different things. You start to be able to grow and you start to change. And when you start to grow and change, a lot of people are not going to like you anymore. Friends you thought you had are going to try to put you down. They're going to try to keep you where you were at. And sorry, you're going to end up having to shed those friends a lot of times because they were not really your friends. And people are meant to come in and out of your life. And that's just the absolute truth. Nobody was meant to stay in your life forever. It's just like our parents, they're meant to come in and they're meant to come out of our life. It's just that's just the way things are. Um, that's the reason why we don't live forever, <laughs> you know, Fair enough. right? If we were born to live forever, that would be sad. 
because that would mean that we were never truly appreciating anything. Well, and I, I think the, the uh, I mean, it, it ties back into to exactly what we were talking about, uh, that, that when we pass out of this world, we move on in some mysterious way. Uh, and the the limitation of only being able to experience life right here, right now, just like this, uh, and and not being able to let go of this physicality. Uh, I mean, it's exactly the same thing. You you're 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 pushing up against the unknown, and we if we are going to be fully the beings that we are we must experience this physical life as fully as we can and then we must be willing to go through that mysterious boundary of death to whatever is on the other side of it mm-hmm. uh, and and you know as as spiritual beings and and practitioners we know there's something on the other side of it and we we can't fear it we we have to be able to embrace it just like each stage of our life before it this is the next stage and we we have to have courage when it's time to face that doorway and the psychopomp appears <laughs> And they grab you with that hook, and they go. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You're done. Um, well, at least they don't stick a fork in you, right? Exit stage right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you betcha. <laughs> All right. And with that, we're going to hear some wonderful messages from our amazing sponsors, and we will be right back with Witch Hat Chats. Have you wondered what spirituality is? Spirituality is limitless, as it does not contain any boundaries on beliefs or practices. Spirituality's most important component is personal experience, and allows one to explore it freely. Every Moving We Rise is a spiritual moving tradition, as our name is our lifestyle, because we are persistently rising and moving forward. We realize that everyone's spiritual journey is extremely personal, but more easily traveled with reinforcement. We'll teach you to become friends with your shadow, emerge your authentic self, and give you time and space to develop your own spirituality. And when situations mount back, you'll have the entire community behind you as we are a magical family who work to sustain each other. Discover the benefits of working within a society dedicated to helping you grow on your personal path. Visit us on our website, Linktree, or Facebook page and discover why we don't fit in the box. Behind the door and you should find the return of the Bare Bone Trio. See no evil, hear no evil, and speak no evil, skeletons. This Bare Bone Trio reminds us not to take 
life too seriously and shows us the sense of humor we all have. Each one crafted with specific detail and are great for the Day of the Dead, your ancestor altar, Halloween, Samhain, Hecate, and the possibilities are limitless. And there is so much more in our wicked store to help you to embrace the power of your own magic. So come on in to Moonlight Voices and Charms at www.moonlightpotionscharms.com and discover the wicked things that ignite the magical passion in you. Kitchen Witch Gourmet is a wonderful way to bring the magic of tea into your world. Kitchen Witch Gourmet is your resource for high-quality loose teas, herbal teas, black teas, green teas, and special blends. Need the perfect pot to brew your tea? Kitchen Witch Gourmet has teapots, infusers, and more accessories to make every brew a pleasure. Check out the broom closet for magical tools and custom art for your divine pleasure. Explore the bath and body collection for luxurious herbal baths and personal items that will cleanse and clear you head to toe. Join the Tea of the Month Club for a guided monthly tea experience delivered direct to your home or office. Kitchen Witch Gourmet has all you need to perfectly start your day, end your day, and enhance all the moments in between. Behold all the wonders at kitchenwitchgourmet.com. Welcome back to Witch Hat Chats. I am Saul Ravencraft. I am here with Miss Nikki Kirby, and it is it's the most wonderful time of the show. Of course it is. You get to see me. <laughs> well, I saw you in the last segment, but we get to introduce our guest, and that is always what is it's my favorite part when we bring in another voice, other ideas, and we just, we see what we're going to see. From Greenville, North Carolina, this guest host is the priestess of the Sojo Circle, a coven of modern independent witches. She is a mom who makes the time to write on her blog, Witch on Fire, and is an author for Llewellyn with her book, Elemental Witchcraft, a guide to living a modern life through the elements, which is the first in the Pinnacle Path series. She's also the owner of the Sejorian Whole Earth Provisions and a Star Trek fan. We are proud to present Heron Michelle. How are you doing, Heron? I'm well, Nikki. Nice to see you. Thank you for having me on here. A Star Trek fan? Well, forget all this witch talk. That's right. Let's talk about Trek. <laughs> <clears throat> I can talk about Trek all day. Uh, <laughs> well, they are related because they're both about imagining uh, a imagining something better. Indeed they are. And That's looking to bring it about. I think it's a, a brilliant, forward-looking um, vision, a dream of, you know, where the great work of magic could take us to a cooperative wow. culture where, you know, 
humanity really is improving itself and being better. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, that's that's where we get our magic is from our imagination. It has to start somewhere, right? You've got to start with uh, visualizing the better thing. You have to, to think of the solution and then work towards it. That's right. And I love how uh, I love how they they show a, a vision of what humanity could become if we work together and set our egos aside a little bit and, and help each other. I'm I'm all about creating what I call a cooperator culture as opposed to the dominator culture we're in right now. My book is about that a lot. And I think that's a vision of what it could be. We work together and help each other out. Explore the cosmos. <laughs> oh, yeah. So tell us a little bit. Well, you know, like most people did back in the 90s, you um, you stumble across it, you know, to realize the same. Saul and I were just talking about this, you know, this, the age old story of you're in something else, but it doesn't feel right. And then one day you find out that there's actually paganism or there's actually witchcraft. And suddenly you're like, oh, well, now that's the thing that feels right. And then there you are. And I've been pursuing it since I was 18. Um, for, it, took about, it took about 10 years to get to where I was actively, outwardly seeking it out. But I considered myself a little closeted secretive witch for 10 years and then at about 28 i finally started seeking it out with covens right now you told me that you came from uh, a evangelical background and that there were there were some real obstacles to overcome on your journey um, and we won't necessarily get into all that because i think everybody's got some version of that but having been someone who has crossed such a great divide in your in your spirituality, if there was someone listening to this who was struggling with that transformation themselves, who felt this pull but knew they were they were going to be damned for it, and and didn't dare uh, for all of the hurt it would cause them, for all the hurt it would cause their family, for all the fears that they have. Is there anything that you might share about your own journey there that that person can keep in mind to help them move forward? I think my advice would be, and this is what helped me, is um, it because it is hard to break with your family. You know, when you've got a, a in my case, I have, you know, a sweet grandma who's a Lutheran and last thing I'd ever want to do in the world is hurt or disappoint or even concern her, you know? And so, you know, it is hard, but I, you know, I have to ask myself, well, my people haven't always been Christians. Clearly. I mean, I've come from a, a European background. What were my people before they were forcibly Christianized, you know, way back when, you know, go way back. And uh, I, that's what really got me into finding that there was a the religion of pre-Christian worlds were still being practiced, where they were being excavated and practiced. And I was like, all right, well, if that's the case, what were my people before Christianity? And it took me, you know, I've got some... Gaelic ancestors. I've got 
French and German ancestors. I've got British ancestors. And so I start looking at what are, what were those religions? And I was coming at it from more of an anthropological approach or an archaeological approach at first. But I really enjoy studying religion. My I changed majors several times in college, but my first one was anthropology and comparative religion. So I'm studying all of that stuff. I'm like, oh, this is just wonderful. Um, and then, you know, eventually you figure out that people are still doing that and reconstructing it or, you know, going back to that. And so the way I, I overcame that is that I am reclaiming what was taken from my earlier ancestors and restoring, um, restoring that a bit. And that I don't have to be in conflict with my Christian family members at all because these things can coexist. See, I'm a penentheist, which is to say that I believe that everything is divine and every expression in the middle world is an, an expression of the divine as it is working itself out. And so I don't, it's to me, it doesn't have to be a conflict. I could leave the old, their old battlefield of good versus evil. I could just, I could just choose to lay down the weapons of the dominator paradigm that they're all part of and just just leave the battlefield in peace. You know, like, okay, you do you. I'm going to go over here and do, do my thing. Because, you know, if I want that freedom of religion for myself, I have to offer that to, to them as well. And that's how I got over it. And plus, I do think that you have to, at some point, and I'm going to use the old phrase from church, you have to get right with Jesus. You have to come to terms with what that character means, what that character represents. And if you're still in a resentment phase or in a, oh, I'm just going to deny the existence of this, this thing at all, uh, that doesn't really help you out. I think you do have to come to terms in a peace, you just peace uh, with the whole Jesus mythology. And when I see that, when I studied it very intensely as a means of disproving it, <laughs> I think we mentioned that a little bit earlier. Um, sure. And when I was in college, and then just personally, I I found a character. If you were to just go by the stories as a mythology, the same as you would study any other god or goddess in their mythology, um, I saw someone who who had similar ideals as me. You know, heal the sick, mm -hmm. uh, accept all people, uh, don't uh, don't ostracize someone. Um, especially, you know, women and, uh, and, and uh, question the status quo, go into the right. wilderness 40 days and listen to your, the, the spirit of nature and figure things out. I mean, I found someone who was a, a healer, a, a, a diviner, uh, someone who is in regular conversation with the divine. And that's, that's me. That's me too. So I don't, yeah. I don't, I'm not in conflict with that anymore, I guess is what I'm, trying to say and so yeah it took me about 10 years to get right with jesus and stop being <laughs> and be able to move forward in a way where i can define who i am as opposed to who i am not you right. know because you really have to work that out who who am i not and yeah. then who am i and so you know everybody comes to it their own way but i try not to be i try not to to uh dwell too much on resentment yeah, yeah. One of the things I always recommend to people who are exploring that road is the Jefferson Bible. Uh, mm -hmm. It was a thought experiment that Thomas Jefferson did where he 
uh, took various versions of the Bible, um, every everything from the, the Latin Vulgate to a French edition, and he literally cut and pasted this thing together uh, with scissors and paste to create a version of, of a uh, gospel that looked at Jesus as a philosopher, looked at Jesus as a teacher, uh, removed a lot of the trappings uh, that that make him someone that you're not supposed to think about, uh, but just just worship, and and uh, just lays it all out. And my goodness, what a difference it makes to have uh, a concise, straightforward demonstration of who he was, what he did. And uh, uh, you know, talk about talk about a lot of the who he wasn't. Uh, <laughs> you know, all that gets all that interpretation gets removed, and and you, you you find exactly what you say. Someone that was into people living uh, living their best life, mm -hmm. uh, and not being distracted by other people's explanation of of uh, you know what you were supposed to be. Right. Um, He's revolutionary, and I love that. Yeah, yeah. Well, what a what a great thing for you to get through, and mm -hmm. yeah, I I like the fact that that you you have done so without having to discard all of that. You still connect with it because that that's very much what my journey was like. Uh, I I. I don't hate Christians. I'm, I'm, you know, I, I still, still got the 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 sweet people in my life. I don't mind going and and being with that, but I see it differently than they do. Mm -hmm. I I know stuff going on there that they don't know. <laughs> yep. Because they don't Which, know their church church is built like a magic circle. Right. <laughs> Oh, I really enjoyed um, the work of Elaine Pagels. She's a, uh, a Jewish scholar who, who wrote on the uh, Nag Hammadi texts that were found. And, you know, the go Gospel of Thomas, the Gospel of Mary Magdalene, et cetera, the new, the new Coptic Gnostic uh, Gospels that were found in Egypt in 1945 in the Nag Hammadi texts. She does a really great analysis, and it really helped me to come to terms with uh, what was really going on, you know, politically, how it was politicized, what they really know happened, things he is said to have said that are very, I would call it even um, animistic, shamanic, you know, kind mm, of. Right. And there's, there's plenty to connect with there. I think he was wise. I mean, same thing, you know, if someone tells me a, a story of some wise thing that the Buddha said or Confucius said, or even, Muhammad or what and, and I find and I find beauty and wisdom in that. I mean, I love like the Sufi poets, etc. There's some beautiful right. things there. I feel no reason to exclude that. If it's if it's wise, if it's consistent with my belief system, if it inspires me to be better and more loving and more compassionate and more cooperative, I don't I don't see why I should just excise that from my life. And you know, the, the Christian church tries to make everything black and white it, with us or against us. Yes or no. And I don't see the world that way. It's a spectrum of possibility. And so I, you know, 
I just, I try not to throw the whole thing out, the whole baby with the whole bathwater. I try not to do that. Um, right. It's just necessary. It's just not necessary. What I find that, I find that anyone that, that digs more deeply into spirituality and customs and mythologies and that kind of thing uh, comes away wiser about all of that and more compassionate about people practicing uh, in parallel paths. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, I've, I've come across Christians that are knowledgeable and mm -hmm. they're not nervous about any of this. They get it. Um, and um, I, I come across pagans that are not knowledgeable about mm -hmm. their own histories and their own uh, their own pasts uh, and, and what they practice and and they can they can be a little ignorant too. <laughs> oh. You know I, I worry about um, what I would I, I have noticed especially in what I would call like the broader pagan occult community there is a trend towards fundamentalism and I, because i was raised in a fundamentalist and by and i'll just define what i mean by that is that there is one right way this is the doctrine and you should never de deviate from such and anyone who does is wrong and so by that definition i have run across many fundamentalist wiccans pagans, heathens, you know, it does, you know, and every time I, I run into that wall where I'm feeling like what they're presenting to me is a, this is the only one right way you are wrong. It's, it's all or nothing. Right. I get really nervous. My red flags start flying off, you know, and I back away from that as hard as I can go because I've been in that church and I never want to return to that cult-like thinking. That's cult-like thinking. And I never want to go back to that again. So and I know there's too much of that in the whole world. Need to always keep the O in a cult. <laughs> you know, it, it really is. And it's really shameful, too. You know, it's, it's like a lot of us, you know, we come from that. And just to go back into it is it's because we're taught we're taught like that to be in society schools teach us like that they don't teach us how to think outside the box they teach us to be followers is what they do you know we line workers we're supposed to be quiet little line workers yep. mm -hmm. do the factory thing right. don't ask questions yep and i think witchcraft is the antidote to that right or any well, other type of magical working is, is the antidote to that, whether it's witchcraft, it's voodoo, it's hoodoo, whatever it is, because it makes you think outside the box to be able to, to do that. And when we do that, it's, it's something that really upsets um, people because we're not following the, the recipe. Mm -hmm. That's what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to ask. When can we go to the bathroom? When can we get off? When can we do this? Oh, we're supposed to do it for this certain amount of dollar. We're not supposed to ask for a raise. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, no, no. You're not supposed to do that. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's one of those things. And I get kind of sick and tired when people turn around and tell me, well, no, I have to have the perfect altar. It has to be mm -hmm. this. 
way. <laughs> Honey, when you're beginning and you want it to be like this, it's okay, but it doesn't have to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Okay. Your your deities, whoever or whomever they are, ex- doesn't expect you to have the perfect chalice or the perfect, you know, knife or whatever it is. They don't expect that. Mm-hmm. Or even if you don't have one, if you mm-hmm. got a candle, damn, light the damn candle for them. You don't have to have oil for it. You don't have to have any of that stuff for it. Mm-hmm. They don't expect that. They don't expect a candle. Just sit there in the middle of the floor and talk to them. Mm-hmm. Shit. Mm-hmm. I mean, hell, if you want to sit in the shower and talk to them, Talk to them in the shower. It doesn't matter. You know, it's funny. When I was first training with um, a Wiccan circle in kind of an outer court way, uh, we were going to do this thing. And I was told I had to memorize my gate call. And I was calling the West and water. And I have in I have invoked the powers of water to my shower head more times than I can count because I'm practicing in there. And uh, I'm like, oh, yeah, that kind of thing can happen anywhere. Easier to do even in the shower if you're in Colin West and water. But yeah, I've had a varied experience. I've trained with a lot of different people. I think um, that is a benefit of a more eclectic uh, approach. And I, and I had to go that way simply because I couldn't find the more traditional routes. They weren't available to me. And so I did the best I could with what I had in it. But the varied paths does tell you that there are many ways to do things and they can they can be beautiful and effective in their own way. And it doesn't have to be one thing or the other. So I think what I've been doing mostly in my path is, you know, more the eclectic thing, but I would call it syncretizing it. I syncretize the the good parts, the effective parts, things that um, create an internal consistency to a practice that also makes sense for a modern life. That's what I've been trying to do. So that's how I define modern witchcraft. Um, Solid asked me, you know, like, well, what if this is modern, what was the other thing from what, you know? We're going to pause here for just a moment. It's time for us to get a word from our sponsors. When we come back, we are going to talk to Heron about modern witchcraft, what came before it, and how do we put it into practice. We'll be right back after these important messages. I'm Sol Ravencraft, co-host of Witch Hat Chats. I understand just how confusing and chaotic it can be to open to a path of magic and manifestation. Everything seems to turn on its head. I want to be an ally as you find the way upon your path. My studio setup will let us do readings, coaching, and exploration virtually, just as though you were sitting across the table from me. One size does not fit all. And we will work together to craft the right approaches to build your practice, your confidence, and your power using the tools of divination, magical works, and spirit connections. It's never too late to embrace a new path and emerge empowered. Go to TexasMojoMan.com and select Contact to begin. There's a message now. Let's get started working on your very good fortune. Are you drawn to the shadowy path of the paranormal? 
is spending the night in a haunted house your idea of fun? Then you will love Victoria Monday's Paranormal Activities. Paranormal explorer Victoria Monday has created six volumes of fun for those who are truly spooky at heart. Each book is filled with pages and pages of creepy coloring sheets, preternatural puzzles, weird word searches, and more surprises to keep little hands and heads busy. Older kids at heart enjoy them too. Collect the whole set and experience hours of frightening fun. Victoria Monday's Paranormal Activities are available through Amazon. Order now. Get ready to manifest. January 21st, 2023. Amazing minds sharing and interacting with you. Make new connections on your magical path, using our magic for social justice. Manifestasia 2023. January 21st and 22nd, weekend passes are only $64. Available now at witchhatchats.com. And welcome back to Witch Hat Chats. And Saul and I are chatting with Miss Heron. And we are going to be discussing what was before modern witchcraft. So what was it? What was before? Good question. Don't we like to debate that? Well, when, I talk <laughs> about, when I talk about modern witchcraft, I am, I am, I guess, just trying to say that it's something that is forward-looking and is trying to craft something for for the future and i'm not necessarily uh concerned about recreating a a past craft practice based on any particular elder or any particular tradition um i'm not trying to recreate some renaissance era you know a radio or something uh <sighs> I, I'm not interested in trying to uh, create a practice that suited ancient people. However, I do think ancient people had some very uh, valid, valuable things to contribute that are still um, potent and still important for today. And so I do excavate those things, but I am trying to syncretize something for the future. So I'm just as likely to look to um, quantum mechanics or modern psychology or modern sociology to, uh, or cultural, you know, all the cultural anthropology of what's happening right now. I'm just as likely to integrate those things and syncretize those things to create what I think would be a magical spiritual practice that's helpful for the modern person and and who can we become i'm more interested in the future i guess is what i'm trying to say than the past and i didn't want to inadvertently uh use language that would confuse someone if what they were looking for was something very traditional you know and yeah. i you know i'm not I, I do not claim to be a wiccan though i am accused rightfully so of my practice looking very wiccan and i have no i'm not embarrassed of that that I think Wicca is beautiful, but I did not come to that 
closed practice the way that uh, it was intended. And uh, so rather than, you know, but I, you know, rather than say, oh, well, I'm just one of these new Wiccans in America that learned from Scott Cunningham or whatever, uh, I'm just going to call it modern witchcraft so as not to confuse the situation. Right. Right. Because Wicca and witchcraft are not the same thing. Right. They are interchangeable terms sometimes, but not all the time. There's a Venn diagram in there sometimes where where things cross. Also, you know, there's uh, the more the traditional uh, folk witchcraft practices that are are, uh, certainly important and and emerging. And I pull things from that also that I find beautiful and useful and consistent. But, you know, I'm creating something new. And I'm and I'm not shy about that. I'll be like, I, this is something I created. Y'all try it. See how you think. You think what you think about it. And and if it were, you know, and I'll say, well, I was inspired by this for some old writing or some traditional thing, but I'm I've adapted it. And and you know, I'm I'm not I'm not trying to lie about that, which makes me different than the founders because they often weren't very honest about where they came up with these things. All right. So tell us about the Pinnacle Path. So that's what I call this approach because it's based in balance um, and, and taking the inspiration from the pinnacle, the five points of the pinnacle um, and the five aspects, you know, approaching the world in a holistic way based on these five aspects, which I think we are also fivefold minimum fivefold in our, in our nature with, uh, you know, the mental aspects of ourselves, our mental bodies, our emotional bodies, our spiritual bodies, our physical bodies, and then the body of our will or our fires. And so I'm always approaching things in a balance uh, of of those aspects of ourselves. And it's a, it's a holistic approach to life, but I think it's based in wellness and happiness. I think we're supposed to be enjoying our lives. I think that's the point. We're supposed to be here to learn and have a good time and enjoy ourselves and explore relationship and explore all the possibilities and really live, really live. Um, That's what I think the point is. But in order to be happy and effective, we have to be balanced. And so I'm constantly working on that. And that's the pinnacle approach or the pinnacle path style. Each of those lines. So then the elemental witchcraft book that, uh, you know, is out already, this basically delineates a practice that goes year round where you're constantly checking in with these various aspects of yourself. And right now we're in the earth path, which would go from Samhain until Immel and where we address issues of sovereignty, personal sovereignty, and the paradoxes that are presented by us being part of the great spirit that's the penentheist way you know spirit is everything divinity is everything and then um in the cosmos and then becomes us and there's this illusion of separateness and we're here to learn from that illusion but uh there's the paradox are we one or are we individual and so i tried to at this time really think about um the paradox between our independence and our interdependence, for example, that would be part of the path of earth. And then you get to air and that's the mental body. And there's the, you know, aspects, there's paradoxes to be um, reconciled at each of these stages, but there's also inner and outer mysteries of each of the elements. Uh, The outer ones are what we are regularly 
um, taught in all these various ways in witchcraft. It's called the witch's pyramid. Um, Eliphaz Levi first introduced it as the Sphinx. But it, um, you know, to know, to will, to dare, to keep silent, that would be the outer mysteries. There are inner mysteries also that um, are not as well known and have been introduced in a more, uh, more recently in the 90s by an author named Timothy Roderick. He's a Wiccan priest, but also a clinical psychologist. And he suggested that there were these other signs of these mysteries that were more receptive. That was very inspiring to me. And I built an entire practice a whole curriculum, the, my, our coven is built on this, that there's an inner and an outer mystery of both. And you're constantly ebbing and flowing between the projective aspects of each of these parts of you and the receptive aspects. The receptive being the more goddess side of things, the more cooperative side of things. And so restoring the balance between God and goddess from the old battlefield of God, patriarchal, to the more cooperative side of equality. So on the opposite side of, uh, for earth, from the opposite side to be silent is to resonate or to make some noise, you know, to uh, to set the tone for what you want to bring into the world. So we call that resonate. The opposite side of to know is to wonder. And that's what, that's the cure, the antidote to fundamentalism. You think you know something. Oh, but here, let's ask a new question. Oh, there's some new data. Maybe we need to reconsider. That, that sense of wonderment that comes from releasing what you think you know to ask new questions. The opposite side of to will or to apply your will to the world, apply your fire to the world is to surrender to the fire and allow yourself to be changed, to be transformed, to surrender what no longer serves and or let the, the gross, the base matter of oneself be transmuted into something light and power and energy. Sometimes you have to give yourself to the fire. The opposite side of to dare emotionally is to accept, to accept a condition, to be like the water still in a bowl or in the chalice and let the chalice mold you. And so these are the things that I'm constantly balancing on the, the pinnacle path uh, so, so as to remain compassionate, remain cooperative, remain curious and open to new possibility, et cetera. So that's the pinnacle path. Nice. Nice. Mm-hmm. And now that I'm working on the lunar book, you know, each of the moons is a relationship between the, where the sun is and where the moon is. And it is the receiver and the transmitter of that uh, zodiac energy that from where each of these things are. And so in the lunar book, we're real, I'm really focusing heavily on the receptive side of things and balancing one's inner goddess, I would say, or inner receiver. And you know, when the moon is full on one side of the zodiac, the sun's on the opposite side, right? And so there's always a balancing between earth and water. And then the next month, there'll be a balancing between air and fire, etc. And so it's another way on another level of balancing one's inner self, the conscious mind with the subconscious, um, by using those elemental energies, again, at another octave, at a different octave, and also exploring the underworld, you know, the goddesses, the the astral realm, psychism, that kind of thing. So that's what I'm working on now in lunar witchcraft is a further refinement of those ideas, but using the path of the moon. Hmm. It's been fun. A lot of research. Been doing a lot of research. Learning a lot, actually. It's funny. You think you know a subject, and I have been practicing for 30 years. You know, you think you know something. 
And then you start researching for a book and you're like, oh, look at all the things I never knew before. <laughs> <laughs> well, the one thing about it is that you never say you know everything because you never know everything. Nope. In fact, the more I know, the more I know I don't know. It's like an inverse effect, you know. That's how you know somebody's a rank newbie. It's like walking around talking about how they're an expert on everything. <laughs> right. Just like screaming to the world, I'm just beginning. I'm a novice. What if you're like, I don't know anything. Those are the masters. You need to go sit at their knee and talk to them. Well, from what I understand, you only need three years in any subject to to be a world's expert. A super <laughs> professional. Mm. Only takes three years. I just seen that pattern over and over and over again. Someone's been involved with something for three years and now they're coaching, teaching, selling their package. You might only need to open a TikTok account. You might need 30 seconds worth of experience in order to, uh, you know, be a TikTok expert these days. Yeah, this is the special shortcut. <laughs> I'm so glad that there weren't social media outlets like that when I was beginning. Me too. <laughs> well, you know, the thing about it is when we were beginning, it was already hard enough to find somebody who was reliable as far as I was concerned. It's, it's just most of the time it was always somebody who was male and they always wanted to get in your pants my, most of the time. Don't I know? Yeah. It's hard. It was hard to, to find your way in to anything reasonable back in the day or even to locate them at all you know right or otherwise that was tough mm. it wasn't until witchbox.com you know witchbox started yeah, doing that. that you could list your coven or your group or your grove and you, or you could list your you know like a personal yeah. profile on each other that's how i first found the first uh the first coven i found in person uh and that was in t 2002 but it yeah. took for that to be easy for me. Oh, yeah. I was yeah, sad when I mean, we shut down the website, but I'm I'm sure we've got other ways now of doing things. <laughs> oh, honey, I'm still in a county in which the only um, spiritual book or witch, witchcraft book is that... Um, astrology birthday book and it's still behind the librarian's counter and mm. it's still marked reference hmm. is that because they witchcraft books are the number one thing stolen from libraries no you have to ask for them and they don't they don't do that mm. if you want a witchcraft book you have to actually have them to order it from another library Sounds like someone needs to donate some books to your local library. Yeah. <laughs> I, have, um, I have a pretty good library here. I think a lot of people local here will donate things to our library. So I have a hard time giving up books. I don't ever donate anything. I hold on to them. <laughs> but I really just need to drop off a bunch of things from my bookstore to the library so that they're there. Yeah. And so you also have a store? Yes. I, I have a metaphysical bookstore. And, well, you know, gifts, magic stuff, 
herbs. We have a whole apothecary. Uh, we also have a website online. People can order and we'll ship in the U.S. It's the sojo.com. And, you know, all the things you need for a magical practice. Of course, you know, the primary one in our area is hoodoo. And so we carry a lot of uh, materials for hoodoo, Wicca, divination, witchcraft. We have a huge crystal uh, selection, but mostly, you know, books and that kind of thing. I'm trying to make sure that people are educated on on this stuff, have the the good information so that they know how to use all that stuff. You know, it's been very uh, trending, as you know, in, in the world. Witchcraft is trending. Magic is trending. Spiritual topics, yoga, you know, all of that kind of thing. We, we're not just witchcraft. We try to be a spiritual general store for all the paths less traveled. That's, you know, I, I took some inspiration from the old Robert Frost poem. And our bylines equipping the pathless traveled because that's relative term. But if there was no one supplying the interest group in our town, I just tried to supply it. So progressive ideals, the fantasy fan fiction, sci-fi groups, the um, gaming, tabletop gaming, that kind of, thing. you know, like if you, if you had some interest that, that wasn't being supplied elsewhere, we tried to supply that and it slowly but surely whittled down to what, you know, is being demanded of us here. But primarily there were no, there was no really good place to get the books or the materials. So we do now have that. And we've been open since 2009. We've been doing this a while. So we've grown quite <laughs> a bit. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. A lot of my customers come from your side of the, um, border <laughs> yeah yeah we we there's a lot of good bookstores of uh, metaphysical stores in eastern north carolina but you you probably have to drive if you're not in jacksonville or wilson or greenville or raleigh but we do have a fair few oh yeah all right and so with that we are going to take a break and listen to our wonderful sponsors and I'll be right back with the Witch's Cabinet. The Witching Hour is here and new magical products arrive at Moonlight Potions and Charms. And what appears during the magical hour? Our mysterious triple goddess Hecate Key Necklace comes in two sizes, perfectly aligned with her wheel so her devotees can find their way through the darkness. The handsome hand of God statues believed to be protective talismans of luck, fertility, abundance, and good health come in black or white. One of the best ways to bring your ancestors with you no matter where you go is our traveling ancestor altar on the go. They come in three sizes, small, medium, and large, perfect for all of your needs. They include candles and oil, a toy for the little ones who passed on, and so much more to honor their beloved dead. And our Papa Legba key necklace are perfect for the devotees of the Kingdom of Crossroads. It comes in two sizes, each one specifically prayed over and dedicated to Papa Legba himself. And appearing for the first time, Baron Sandy and Mama Gray J, Altar on the Go Limited Edition. Yes, you can take your altar to the cemetery with you. How cool is that? 
The traveling altar is complete with top hats, coffin nails, across from Mama Bridget, and so much more with room for you to add your own items. The show Baron Sandy and Mama Bridget the altar perfect for them. And don't forget our bare bone trio: see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil, skeletons have returned. There is so much more in our wicked store to help you to embrace the power of your own magic. So come on in to Moonlight Potions and Charms at www.moonlightpotionscharms.com and discover the wicked things that ignite the magical passion in you. Anybody can tell you what is on a tarot or oracle card. What matters is seeing beyond what others may not be able to see and help the client to uncover what lies in the mist. What do readings from Moonlight Potions and Charms do? Wednesday, I did this ancestor reading, and it was an amazing reading, and it was a detailed reading, and I remember talking to this customer's ancestors, and it was so delightful, and he wanted some questions to be answered about the magic in his family because he didn't know. And his family was mostly like most of our families are. You know how everything is like hush-hush when it comes to the magic in his family. And he wanted to know who can he actually talk to about the history of the magic in his family. And I was able to give him specifically who he can go to to talk to about that. What particular deity he can actually go to to be able to help him with this. and. It was just an amazing reading and, and talking to his ancestors. They were such a delight and they told me so much about this customer. It was just an absolutely wonderful, wonderful reading for him. And I was just so happy to be able to give him this wonderful reading. It's really amazing to be able to give people these readings, these products that's really going to help them and be able to give back to the community because this is what Moonlight Posters and Charms is about. We want to help you to embrace the power of your own magic. That is what we are all about, is to help you to do that. Book now and allow our wonderful staff to take care of your spiritual reading needs. And there is so much more in our Wicked store to help you to embrace the power of your own magic. So come on in to Moonlight Potions and Charms at www.moonlightpotionscharms.com and discover the wicked things that ignite the magical passion in you. Witch Hat Chats welcomes our guests in December. On December 4th, Byron Ballard. December 11th, we celebrate Yule. December 18th, Haran Michelle. December 25th, Daniela Simina. Welcome back to Witch Hat Chats. All Ravencraft here with Miss Nikki Kirby. 
and of course Haran Michelle. It's uh, it's time for the the witch's cabinet. The your your homework for the day. <laughs> so I was going to share my uh, Yule log and some of the ways in which I've personalized that just out of my yard. Um, I recently went out in the back and I keep my Yule tree from year to year and I let it dry throughout the year and then I'll cut off the bottom of it. And so this is my old fir tree from last year. And then I use um, a really big drill bit and I make holes for the candles in there. And I just, I like to keep it on a tray. I just have this big sort of cheap, you know, tray from back in Waitresen. And um, I'll just put it on there and add my candles. But this is what I brought from my yard. I just wanted to show this first. So the way that uh, things that are important at the season when you're designing a Yule ritual can come from astrology, if that's uh, how you base things. The sun is going to be coming up in uh, Capricorn for the winter solstice. Capricorn is ruled by Saturn. So a lot of the things that we consider to be um holiday yule-ish christmas things uh they all come from saturn associations of those we have holly i have big old holly tree out back and something i've just learned about holly if you'll notice these are smooth edged leaves um they've got their little spiky bit on the end but i always wondered why they didn't have the bat wing shape because we were just talking about the old um you know if, if an old spell calls for wing of bat what they're talking about is a holly leaf and uh, these do not have that little spiky holiday thing. And what I learned is that holly bushes, trees, they adapt. If there is a predator, a predator, if there is um, something consuming them, like deer are walking up, eating the leaves or whatever, or bugs are getting them, they will adapt and start creating the, the spiky bat wing shape leaf with more jabby bits to keep from being eaten. But even at the top of the tree where they're not... Um, accessible, those will go back to being smooth. And my tree is so large and has been limbed up for so many years that there's nothing down low. And so I don't have any of the spiky leaves anymore, but this is still holly. Another one that's um, Saturn is ivy. I have English ivy all over my yard. That's another one. Um, I also have fir. I just cut these off my, my new Yule tree, some little fir limbs. But this is one that is actually solar. So that's the other th planet you can pull from so, since we're celebrating the sun and new hope and the new sun coming into the year as we um, also celebrate Capricorn. This is a juniper branch and they just smell great. Juniper branches, juniper berries. So I've got some juniper cut from my yard. Also, I have a pine tree. Well, it's not really mine. It's my neighbor's, but he doesn't mind. I'll go pick up some pine cones. Pine is also associated with earth, which i you know, it's from the north for me and north being also winter solstice. So I pull from that, but it's also Saturn associated. So I have just a little tray of all of these things and I, um, I place my Yule log on it. And so this is, you know, sympathetic magic of this, of Saturn and time and, you know, all of those new year things, plus the fur, fur long from last year. And then I'll add the candles in. Where did I put my candles? Oh, there they are. I'll add my candles. And, you know, that's another thing. What, what colors, whatever. And I think that's something you can adapt to your practice. I like to um, change it up. You know, it could be silver gold. It could be 
you know, whatever. But I choose uh, red for the returning sun and the fire energies there and green for the earth mother giving birth to the new sun and earth, you know, that time and then white, the continuity of spirit. And then I sprinkle on there my Yule incense blend. And this is another way I personalize it. This Everything in this jar is either Saturn or solar. So cinnamon. I like to pull things that, you know, make me think of the holidays from food sources, that thing, sort of thing. So I've got cinnamon and clove and ginger powder. I've got frankincense because that's solar. I've got um, rosemary. I've got uh, bay leaves, that's solar. And, you know, uh, those are really popular in hoodoo work too, you know, bringing money and wishes and that kind of thing and purifying. I've got some bay leaf and I've got juniper berries in there and it smells great. All spice, basically pumpkin spice is solar. And so I sprinkle a little bit of that on the log and everything and it just smells great. So that's that's how I, I do it. And it it talk about a potpourri, but I, I, I just keep it out until the um, the holiday. And then we light the candles and throw it on a, a solstice bonfire at the end of our ritual usually. So that's how we do our Yule log. I like to keep things from year to year. We then collect the ash and then that blesses the earth at our high winter or emulk Sabbath next time around too. So anyway, I do a lot of substitution work based on the planets. And we were just talking about uh, some research I was doing for my new book. Um, I'm writing Lunar Witchcraft. And I do like to go back and comb through the old text to see what the the old fellows were talking about, you know, so I like, I've got a big old tome of Agrippa's three books of occult philosophy. I was going through to see what he thought about the moon and things you could do with the moon spells, etc. And he had listed a recipe in there for a subfuma- subfugation, a fumigation of, of something to purify it and to bring the energies of each planet. And I don't know why he, instead of just calling it a fumigation, he calls it a subfumigation, but it's to, it's to fumigate from underneath. But anyway, also to draw in lunar power. And the recipe was for the dried head of frog, or frog, <clears throat> the, eye, the eyes of a bull dried and powdered, unless he happened to be talking about an actual plant. That part I haven't figured out yet. I think you've meant the actual animal parts. And then um, a he, he called for frankincense, but that's solar to me. It's solar in every source I've ever seen. So I would replace that with myrrh, myrrh resin, because myrrh is very lunar. And then camphor, you know, camphor essential oil, it burns white. That's why they liked it. It has a very astringent odor. It's like mothballs, basically. And it, uh, it drives away insects. But that camphor is considered very lunar. If I, you can't get your hands on camphor, eucalyptus is another option for the same ways. And um, so I might I might substitute that. Another thing that he had in his recipe was the seeds of white poppy. White poppy uh, seeds do not have the opium in them the way that black poppy seeds do. But and, and white the white color uh, associated with the moon. But there are other white flowers. If you didn't have that. Uh, available, I guess you could substitute for the black poppy seeds just to be a poppy because, you know, that's what's in bagels and stuff like that. Those are pretty easy to find. But um, other white flowers that are lunar might be, say, gardenia. There's other lunar flowers, Um, jasmine, um, lily, 
is another one. And, you know, it may not smell the same. It certainly wouldn't smell the same, but it would still have those planetary energies. So when burned, it would still bring the power of that planet, regardless of its smell. So that's just that's just ways in which I'll go back and look. Okay, well, what planet was this supposed to be for? Is there something that I have locally? Because I feel like the magic is in what's growing around you. What do you have relationships with in your region? And the thing that made it important in an old recipe wasn't necessarily that one thing. Like, what I don't know what was growing in Agrippa's backyard, but it was likely things he could get his hands on locally. What's growing in my backyard? What can I get my hands on locally? You know, what it's not magic because it was in Agrippa's backyard. It's magic because of its associations to the greater powers, the, the deities that are associated with it in the planets, etc. So that's how I make my substitutions. I just, um, oh, I should I should mention also in Agrippa's recipe, he said the binder had to be menstrual blood or goose blood. Menstrual blood, if you know, if you're a woman, that's easy to come by. And you know, all magic is better if it involves some sort of bodily fluid, but. I did read that pomegranate juice is a substitute for blood in magic. If you and pomegranate is associated with the moon. So I thought, you know, if you didn't have access to menstrual blood, pomegranate would bring that lunar power and could be a binder and would probably smell good to this sort of thing. So that's what I've been working on as well. How would I how would I modernize an old Agrippa recipe to what I have locally? Where is Agrippa getting his menstrual blood? Good question. Good question. Don't what know. An awkward request. Especially back in the <laughs> probably from his wife. Yeah, he did have several wives. I was oh, reading. Well, there oh, you go. He, unfortunately, in those days, women died in childbirth all the time. He he yeah. he married several times. Is what I'm saying through the course of his right. life. Yeah. I think I'll go for the pomegranate juice. Yeah. I try not to kill things for my uh, magic. It's just my preference. If, if, if I don't mind using animal parts, especially if they've already died for other reasons and you've collected them or, um, you know, there's things that animals shed, you know, like I'll use a cat whisker in a hot minute, you know, uh -huh. for, for, for wayfinding and, you know, that kind of thing. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. And plus, it was not specific what kind of frog. And I did look, and toads are lunar associated in many cultures. But it did, you know, I don't know. It didn't say frog and what kind. I don't know. And what's the purpose of that? I do know that what they were trying to do was bring um, animal, plant, and mineral together when they were making these blends, too. And he does, Agrippa did. You know, he had the belief that divinity was and and the seven celestial sphere governors of those classical planets were parsed out into all the things on Earth. And the more things you could bring together that were aligned with that sphere, the more powerful the magic. He was, you know, not everybody at that his he had contemporaries like Paracelsus, for example who was a uh, an alchemist, he had the totally opposite opinion. Instead of, he didn't think you should bring all kinds of things together. He thought you should take one thing and then highly refine it and be very simple. So it doesn't have to be complicated. You know, 
it can be one highly refined thing. And that can be very simple, you know, something that grows in the backyard, like basil or rosemary or lemon balm, Melissa, um, that he would do a lot of highly refined of one ingredient. And then that's all he felt like you needed. But I like to bring something from plant, stone and bone also. Those are the the way I sort of parse out the the physical material realms, you know, something mineral, something animal. But I don't necessarily believe you have to, you have to have the physical component. You can just call on the spirit of that beast or plant to be present with you. Having a bit of the DNA acts like a, a key to unlock the the consciousness of that realm or that species. And so it does make it easier. But if you've had relationship with that plant or that animal or that mineral before, you, you might not need it. So I don't know. It depends. I like to have the things. I have a, I have a Virgo moon and rising. I like to get my hands on things. So that's me. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. So where can our people reach you? Well, um, my website is thesojo.com, T-H-E-S-O-J-O.com. Uh, that's for the shop. And that, uh, that I'm, I am teaching classes online and we are openly registering people now for online classes. As a matter of fact, I'm running a, a special through the shop where um, we have an intro course, which is uh, which was seven lessons, and we have a dedicant course. I've combined the two together until February 3rd. At MLK, I'm going to separate them out and have it be two different sections. But for now, the, the, the sort of a two-for-one deal. But um, they are available online. The, you know, the course is online, supplementary materials, et cetera. And, but I'm currently teaching in, you know, online and in person, the Earth Path, because we're in the middle of that now. And we are doing retreats here in Eastern North Carolina in Tarboro. If you'd like to come in person, like one weekend in the midpoint of the three-month course um we are getting together in person here and doing those things but they're all available online too it's called the pinnacle path of elements and so i'm signing up for that and then as for me personally um my blog is on pathios the pagan channel but you can get to it at witchonfire.net and my web author website is heronmichelle.com and i'm on all the social media platforms if you just look up heron michelle you'll find me we do appreciate it it's been fun. Thank you. Well, I guess that's all for our show today. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it went by so quickly. Uh, next week, uh, Nikki and I are going to chat with Daniela Semena. So be sure and join us. So make sure you get your vaccinations, your boosters, and support each other, and keep your fuzzy babies, your family, your friends, and yourself safe. And have an absolute magical week. You have been listening to Witch Hat Chats. Host, Miss Nikki Kirby. Co-host, Saul Ravencraft. Guest host, Karen Michelle. Executive Producer, Nikki Kirby. Producer, Saul Ravencraft. Video Editors, 
Magical Myth Entertainment, Myth Made Productions, Witch Hat Chats theme song, The Middle Witch by Serena Janini, Magical Myth Entertainment, Myth Made Productions, sponsored by Ever Moving We Rides, Moonlight Places and Charms, Texas Mojo Man. Copyrighted 2020 through 2022 by Nikki Kirby and Witch Hat Chats. Trademark. All rights reserved. All material of Witch Hat Chats is a trademark of Nikki Kirby and Magical Myths Entertainment. This podcast is for information only and is not an offering of sale of any security of Witch Hat Chats trademark or its project or its affiliates. All video, audio, and music are the property of Nikki Kirby and Witch Hat Chats trademark and may not be disclosed, distributed, or reproduced without the express written permission of Nikki Kirby and Witch Hat Chats trademark.